Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Chantel has been awesome. She's given us a lot of great value. Uh, If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to our first podcast where we talked a little bit about her story, her amazing story, and even came out looking like Superwoman. She's phenomenal. She's got a lot of awesome things going on. She's got two businesses. She's got a special needs daughter, and she shared her story from her heart. Go and check out that episode. And then last episode, we got into the subject of relationships and teaching and learning. So Chantel, welcome back to the podcast. Matt, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we, we are excited to have you back. So we heard a lot about work, family, business, life balance already. And we heard about how great of a mom you are. What are some of the ways that you've had to be intentional about building your business, especially around your family? Yeah. So we, we talked about a little bit, um, last time we talked about like, I'm really strategic in what is work time and what is family time. And so we kind of talked about it on making sure that there's time for family and now we're going to flip it. Right. So now it's like, what do I do during my work time that allows me to yep. be strategic? Um, we kind of did hit on that, but for me, it's knowing exactly what needs to get done when, um, what's that thing pushing the needle forward. I actually read a book quite a while back called The One Thing. And it really put things in perspective for me. It's really about finding the one thing that you that you need to do like today or in this next hour that is going to move your needle forward and make everything else um, either easier or not necessary. And so you kind of actually start all the way at the top. You start on like years and years and years, 10 years from now, what is the one thing you need to do to achieve that goal, right? And then you kind of, you backtrack and you break it down. And for me, um, even though I don't necessarily break it down all the time, I, I continue to have that thought in my mind. What is that one thing that I can be intentional about today that is moving my business forward. Um, and so truthfully, my husband has a very good job financially. Um, we are comfortable with his income. I don't necessarily need to work, but, um, just being a mom and don't get me wrong. Being a mom is an incredible hard, a stay at home mom, especially is so hard. It's a lot of work, especially for a special needs child, but it doesn't fulfill my personal bucket. I am somebody that wants to feel, um, like a financial contributor, contributor to our household, um, to society. I want to feel like I'm contributing to society by helping other people achieve their goals and their dreams. I'm very impact driven. And those are the people I work with are people that are impact driven. And so for me, um, I have to make sure that I'm, I'm figuring out what is that one thing I have to do today that allows me to feel fulfilled. At the end of the day, I can sit back and say, okay, I accomplished that thing and I did something of value today, either to contribute financially to our household or to contribute to society and, and make an impact. Well, I absolutely love that. I think so many times when we look at business, we look at this as uh, this massive mountain, Mount Everest. And so many people look at the top of Mount Everest and they forget that it's the little steps, little, you know, baby steps, giant leaps and stuff like that. You're going to have different size steps each day, but it's these little steps that move you forward in your business that will get you to the top. 
Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't remember who said it. I'm really bad with quotes and things like that about remembering who said what, but um, whoever said it said we vastly overestimate the amount of work that we can get done in a week and we vastly underestimate the amount of work that we can get done in a year. And I think it's so true. Um, a lot of times we're looking at that like big goal. And like I, I said it on the other episode, um, I was talking about how I always time block, like I'll owe oh, an hour Thank to build you. this funnel. And then like four hours later, it's still not built. I'm like, why did this take so long? <laughs> I almost always underestimate the amount of time it takes me. Um, but you know, it's true. There's so much that when we look back, we can accomplish in a year. And also there's so much that sometimes we look back and we're like, man, I didn't really make that much progress this year. I didn't, I didn't make as much progress as I wanted to. And so that's when it's really a time, especially, you know, we're coming up at the end of the year here and it's really time to look back and say, did you, you know, make that progress that you expected to make this year? If not, where, where were the gaps, right? Like how, how many times did you find yourself surfing Facebook for three hours instead of working on your business, which I am totally guilty of. Um, so, you know, it's time to, to, to reflect and to look back at the gaps. And I think, um, I don't journal. I really want to start journaling as a way to kind of reflect on how I use my day, um, how I use my week. And because the only way that we can understand where we're not being as efficient as we can, where we're not making as big of leaps as possible is when we kind of reflect on what we spent our time on, what did we do? Who did we impact? And then be able to look at that and say, okay, I need to be doing more of this thing. Wow. I absolutely love that. And so let's talk a little bit about that. One of the things that you do in business is you help people to grow their Facebook groups, which is probably not the first thing that people think about when you're starting a business, you know, you might think about, Hey, I have to have a business plan. I have to do this. I have to do that. Facebook group isn't the first thing that at least I think about. So why is having a Facebook group so important? Honestly, I think it's important for everyone, but uh, especially I work with coaches and course creators. And here's the thing. I have a lot of people that they want to be a coach, right? They're like, oh, I have this thing that I'm so good at and I want to help other people with this thing, but nobody knows who I am. Nobody's going to trust me to help them with this thing. Like I have zero notability, right? I have no weight behind me. I'm just somebody that nobody's ever heard of. Um, and they could go pay somebody else that's way more qualified. Why would they ever pay me? And then the other, the, the opposite of that is the people that already are a coach, but they're constantly fighting to maintain the level of the number of clients that they have. They're always looking for new clients because they're, they help their clients and then their clients go and they're gone. Um, and so it's about that retention. Like how do we retain them? And the best way to either become that notable person in your niche or to keep the love of your existing clients is the same. And it's, it's having a community. And so what a Facebook group is, right? As, as cool as a Facebook group sounds or being the admin of a Facebook group is, it's really just a community that's online. And the problem that happens with the internet as the internet grows, as we get more digital this day and age. So a hundred years ago, we went to events all the time. Human beings went to parties and networking and events and they got together and they, they sat by the fire and they had meals together as a family and there was so much community and they helped each other out and they supported each other. And because that, that was it, like that was your form of entertainment. There, there was no TV, there was no, um, you know, no internet. So, but now we have all of these things that as much as it seems like we're so much more connected and the world is so much smaller because I can reach across the internet and have a Zoom call with somebody um, in, in a totally different time zone, even in a different country, we, we lose that sense of community where we're connecting with people. And on the internet, somehow we put a screen in front of us and people forget that there are real human beings on the other side of that screen. And so what a Facebook group allows is for that community 
to come back. And people don't realize how much as human beings, we miss that connection. Yeah. Like it's, especially because nowadays, the younger crowds, they never had it, right? And so they don't know that they're missing it. But we are. And our, you know, all of these years of history ingrained into us as human beings says you need more human beings around you. And you're like, okay, so you get inside this community. And as the leader of that community, you think of it kind of like hosting a party, right? And I, I'm like, I want to be a great party host. I want to be a gracious party host. And so when people come to my party or my Facebook community, they know who's hosting it. They know that I am the host of that party. I give them as much value as I can. I treat them with respect. I show them that they are not just attending my party and that it's about me. It's truly an event and they get to be a part of it and communicate and they are part of a community because of that. And so when you get to be the leader of that, you know, in this instance, a Facebook group, which seems so small, when you get to be the leader of that Facebook group and you actually highly target it to those specific people that you want to serve, that you want to help, you want to work with, they begin to know, like, and trust you. And then what's really cool, the magic that happens is that as more, we call it cold traffic, people that don't know who you are, they've never heard of you, um, they, they, may not, they might not even necessarily be problem aware, they're certainly not solution aware, meaning they don't know that you can solve their problem. When they're coming into your group, if they're the right people that could be a dream customer, your other dream customers that have been in that group that are already there, that are part of the community that already know, like, and trust you, they warm that new person up so quickly because they'll go, oh my God, welcome to the group. This group is incredible. Chantel's amazing. Everything she does is so fantastic. And what's great is then that new person, I don't have to come up to you and be like, hey, Matt, I'm really amazing. And everything I do is so great. And you're like, oh my God, here's another one of those people that just talks about themselves, right? We're not interested. But instead, if Sarah comes to you and says, Matt, you are so fortunate to have just joined this group. This group is incredible. Chantel's incredible. And you should listen to everything that she does. You're like, oh, Sarah's got to be right because she's not getting anything out of it, right? You just, yeah. you just intrinsically trust these strangers. It happens. I can't tell you why. And so this community is what really elevates your level of authority. What happens, what's happened for me, what's happened for my clients and things like that is they become the notable leader in their niche, right? So all of a sudden, um, somebody who, when Jamie Atkinson and I first started working together, nobody knew him for podcasting. Okay. And now podcasting for profits, that's who people go to. They go to Jamie Atkinson because he's fantastic at what he does. And he, it, he's continued to grow. Obviously, we always grow as we you know, continue to teach. We're also growing. But it's not like be creating his group is what created him to be the amazing entrepreneur that he is. He already had that incredible skill. It's just that nobody knew who he was. And now that people know who he is, he's the person people shout out. They say, oh my gosh, you're looking to grow a, a podcast and actually monetize it. You've got to work with Jamie. And because of that, he becomes notable in that niche, in that podcasting niche. And then his community loves on him. And so it's this synergistic thing where he's helping them, they're helping him, and he's retaining his clients. And that's what happens for my clients is they get to retain their clients for a long term. So even if you've, you're somebody that nobody's ever heard of, this is a great way to become notable and to be known for something and really even to kind of figure out how to actually position yourself within your niche, who you really want to work with. It's just such great market research, but also helps you maintain your clients long term because they form this true bond with you. They're not just a number anymore. They know that you know who they are um, and that they have so much love and respect for you that they can't wait to be a part of your next great thing. Awesome. I love that answer. So someone just decided that they have to have a Facebook group. I know I've got a Facebook group and we know now that it's important and why it's important, but we're not sure exactly where to start. Should we 
invite all of our, you know, a thousand friends or a hundred friends or who is it that we should invite? How do we get in front of the right people? No, don't do it. Don't <laughs> hit the invite button. Okay. This is the biggest mistake. And it's something that oh, breaks my heart. People teach. Um, there are people out there that teach Facebook groups that tell you to go invite all your friends. And, um, I'm going to kind of drop a little bit of my personal opinion. The number of people in your group does not matter. I have seen groups that have, you know, the admin has maybe a 10,000 member group, but their engagement level is terrible. That means that the people there don't really even remember the group exists. They don't comment, they don't like, they don't post. And because of that, they don't buy, right? They don't know who that admin is. There's no engagement whatsoever. And you've got like five people that are always posting and it becomes annoying. I know you're in groups like this, right? Where the admin yeah. posts every single day and you're like, I wish Pete would just shut up and stop posting. And then there's like, oh, there's Jim. Jim's commenting. It's always Jim. Like you start to know these people and they annoy you. And so that's not good, right? And then we hate um, anytime you just get randomly dropped into a group, you're, even if it's a group that's like exactly what would be the perfect thing for you, anytime you get randomly dropped into a group because it happens so often, you're like, oh my God, now my notifications are going to blow up. Now I, you know, I'm part of this group. I didn't even ask for it. I didn't even want to be here. So it's the worst thing to do is to just invite everybody. Instead, you want to know who should be in your group because your group is not for everybody. In fact, when you, when you go after everybody, you're really for no one. You get no one. So you have to be very specific about who do you want in your group. So let's take my special needs parenting group, for example. When I first started Stronger Mommies, I was very clear about who that group was for. So that group is for special needs parents. And I say, question number one, are you currently parenting a child with special needs? If the answer is anything but yes, I don't let them in the group. Right? It doesn't mean that I don't think you're incredible if you're a teacher at an autism school and you have so many autistic students, but if you don't have a child of your own that has some kind of special needs, you're not a great fit for my group. It doesn't mean that if you're a single parent with six kids that I don't feel that that's not probably incredibly hard for you. But you don't have a special needs child, so you're not the perfect person for the group. So I was very hyper-specific on that, on who should be in the group, and I only let those people in, and I, I talk about that in the, that first question, but I also in all of my marketing and I, like everything that I do to build groups is typically organic. I don't run ads for it. Um, I do a lot of organic marketing. You can run ads, it's the same concept, um, but I love, I love free, so I, I love organic. And I do it by saying, hey, I am a parent who has a child with special needs. And as a parent who has a child with special needs, here's all the hard things that I've had to go through, right? Now we list our pain points. So we say, hi, I'm the attractive character. Or if you're not your attractive character, then who is that person you're highlighting? Tell that story of the attractive character you're highlighting. Here's all the pain points that we're going through. And then because we have all these common pain points, I just thought I'd create this incredible group where we could all help each other. And people want to be a part of that. And so they join. I grew that group very quickly from zero to 2,600 members in less than six months because people wanted to be there. And so I had a highly targeted group of the perfect people that all got along. And because they were all the same, the tribe is just made up that community, that, that, um, that party. I've only invited people to that party that will get along with each other and have things in common. They want to chat. They want to hang out. They want to talk to each other, right? It is a good party. If you show up at a party um, that's full of entrepreneurs and you don't know anything about being an entrepreneur, it's your first time ever having a job um, and you're, you're working at, at, the, at the, the Chick-fil-A, you know, in the drive-thru, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that, but you're, you're not going to have anything to talk about really with the guy that just started his own Fortune 500 company. 
you're gonna yeah. be like, cool, I'm working at the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. Like you don't have common pain points. So instead you've got to get invited to a group. You've got to be part of a group with a whole bunch of other people that it's their first time ever having a job and they're just excited to have a job and learn about how to, how to work. Right. And then all of a sudden you can participate in that conversation. And so the same thing is true online. When you create a group, it has to be people that have that common pain point. Be very specific about who's coming in. And because of that, they will know you, they will like you, they will trust you and the engagement will explode. Uh, I absolutely love that. Great answer. And so talk to us a little bit about the qualifying questions. Is there uh, a certain question that you typically go to? I know you said with, uh, with your Facebook group, the first one was, do you have a special needs child? So is there other specific questions or what are, what are some other good questions to narrow down that the people that are coming in? Yeah, so Facebook will let you ask three questions of somebody before they enter a group. So you can set your group to closed, um, or I think now they've changed how it looks. I think it's listed as private instead of public, but you can set your group to private, not secret. Don't make it secret. You want people to be able to find it, but just make it private so that it's not all over the place. Um, and then they have to answer these questions to get in. So question number one should be a very strategic yes or no question that somebody can either say yes, I am the perfect fit for this group or nope, not for me. That should be it. Question number two, I actually most often will use as a way for people to feel like they are allowed to participate in the group. So I, I turn it into a statement and I say, hey, not here, but once inside the group, go ahead and introduce yourself. We would love to get to know you, make a post, right? So I'm giving them permission to participate, to engage, to post within the group. Um, Additionally, sometimes I use that question number two to find out how people found my group. Because sometimes I want to find out, I'm like, ooh, did, was, was somebody recommending them? I want to thank that person, right? Is somebody recommending these people to my group? Or um, is my name getting pumped out there in other groups? Because that's super cool. Um, did Facebook show it to them? And I didn't even know that Facebook's running, you know, running traffic for me. Um, so sometimes I use question number two for that. And then the, the third question, actually just ask for their email address. Nine times out of 10, people will willingly, willingly give you their email. And what's great is that you're able to then take that email address and send them other things. I, I love to send them um, some great, you know, information, some free PDFs, all that kind of stuff. I like to reward people for giving me their email. And so, um, those three things are really the best way to capture just your ideal people into your Facebook group. Man, that is awesome. I love that. So we've asked the qualifying questions and now we're getting ready and we're ready to start posting content. What are your biggest tips and tricks to create an engaging Facebook group? Yeah. So, um, I think honestly, you only need to post two pieces of content per week. Uh, this is a minimum, but also don't take it and say, okay, well, she said it's a minimum. So I'm still going to post every day. If you post every single day and you go live every single day, over time, what happens is as a viewer, as a person inside your group, I'm like, oh, I don't have time to catch your live today, Matt. I'll just catch tomorrow's. And there's no, there's no urgency. There's no need for me to, to engage with you today because you'll be here tomorrow. And then I'm like, oh, there's Matt. He posted again in the Facebook group. I'm sure it's similar to yesterday's, right? Because you can't possibly have incredible, life-changing new content every single day. And if you did, it's overwhelming. It's too much information. I didn't have time to process yesterday's information because we're busy human beings. And so instead, by just having two things a week, really makes it actionable for people to actually show up. Um, but it also makes it possible for them to absorb that content and implement 
minutes. So one live per week. A lot of times they do a Q&A or sometimes they'll teach. It depends. Like it goes back and forth, but it's the same day. It's the same time every single week. And when you're consistent, people start to learn to show up at that time on that day because they get access to you and you get to interact with them. And people want to feel like they know who you are or you know who they are. So, you know, when somebody hops on my live, I'm like, hey, Matt, happy to see you on the live. And all of a sudden you're like, Chantel Turner knows who I am. Pretty cool, right? Like, cause I'm the admin. And so it really just warms people up. And then the other thing is I do a weekly self-share post. It's where you get to say like, so uh, it could be winning Wednesday, or um, if you're in a weight loss group, maybe it's a weight loss Wednesday. How many pounds did you lose this week? Whatever it is, pick one day a week to do that and let people share something incredible that's happening in their lives that's related to your group. It's a great place for testimonials, like just to be, look how great this group is. People are like, oh my God, I, I had a win this week. And you're like, awesome screenshot, right? So it's a great place for testimonials, um, but it's also a great place for them to feel really uplifted and for other members who haven't been as active to get a little FOMO. This is the time, let's say Weight Loss Wednesday comes around and 15 people posted about the pounds they lost and I'm sitting here eating a cheesecake, I'm going to be like, <laughs> um, I should probably put my fork down and go work out right now because I didn't have anything to post this week. So this FOMO happens where people are like, oh, I wish I had something to post on Weight Loss Wednesday. And so they get active within your group. So it works really, really, really well. That's awesome. I love that. So what are some different ways that we can grow our Facebook group now that we have some good conversations happening? Yeah. So I'm um, posting about it. You know, I, I like a seven day launch strategy before you open it, where you're actually saying, Hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, get in, get in, get in. Um, once it's open, you can incentivize incentivize people to let other people know about it. And I always make it clear, don't just go invite people. Like if ask people, if they want to be a part of it. And if they do give them the link and let them come in themselves, don't hit the invite button. Um, but you know, maybe you run a contest. Hey, the person that invites the, next, the most people over the next you know, month uh, is going to win a free strategy call with me or win a free course. So that's a great way. People love that. Um, I don't do a ton of giveaways in my group. It's not typically what I like to do to drive engagement. Some people teach, Oh, just do giveaways all the time. Um, but then people start to expect they're waiting for the next giveaway before they do something. Yeah. It becomes a quid pro quo. And so instead, um, I might use it on occasion, but also you can find very viral relevant content to your group already out there in your newsfeed. Just share it to your group and it will carry the weight of the algorithm with it so that that content's already viral. The algorithm says it's already important. It shows it to your group members. And then when your group members start to be engaged, so at 90% plus engagement, which is where almost all of my groups sit at, um, one is sitting at 96% right now. Facebook goes, this group and the people here, this is important. And so we're going to share it with more people just like this. And because you're highly targeted on who is in your group and your group is highly engaged, Facebook can bring you more numbers for free. So I constantly get people joining. It takes me no time, no energy, no effort. It costs me nothing. And they join um, because of that, but also again, because of that notability. So when somebody says, Hey, who's the, the person that helps with Facebook groups and engagement, people shout my name from the rooftops and then they shout my group from the rooftops. And then the last thing that you can do is optimize your, they call it a Facebook profile funnel. Um, optimize your Facebook profile for people to find your group. So um, you get you know a featured image, let people know, hey, I have a Facebook group that actually does this. Talk about who you serve, right? Be clear about that. And then if you wanna be a part of that group, here's a link and then put that link in there. Um, you can either put the direct link from Facebook, but you're limited on your characters. So I actually went and got a domain. Um, for me, it's Engaged Tribe. 
facebook.com. And I just, that's my link. I have that auto redirected to my Facebook group. So it's a, it's set as a 301. People go to engagedtribe.com and it automatically takes them to my group. So it makes it super easy. It's very few characters. Um, it doesn't take up a lot of space, but they're able to quickly go and find my group. That's awesome. I love that. I never even thought about getting a domain name that would redirect people to a Facebook group. That is some great information right there. So you talk to us a little bit about, you know, stop just hitting the invite button and, and letting people find a group naturally and stuff. What are some other things that we should stop doing within our Facebook groups? Um, <laughs> some of the other, so, so don't post too often. Definitely. Um, don't just invite random people to your group and don't cold message people asking them to join your group because that's not fun either. Um, I think another thing is protect your group. I, I am all about turn on admin approval and I get massive pushback on this one all the time when I teach it. But admin approval, as much as you might be thinking, oh my gosh, that seems like way more work for me because now I have to go approve all these posts I'm inviting people to make. Um, I can tell you that it saves me a ton of time and energy actually, because I'm able to pre-scrub content that's ending up in my group. So that person that's posting a, a promotional post that's against my rules, all I have to do is hit delete. I don't even message them. I don't take the time. I don't spend the energy on it. Unless Jim is out there and every single day he tries to post a promotional post for like two weeks and I keep deleting it. Then I might shoot Jim a message and be like, Jim, if you're wondering why not a single one of your posts are going through, it's because you're breaking the rules, right? But other than that, I just err on the side of like, hey, there's so many groups that people are in and so many different rules and people don't understand all the different rules. So it's probably an accident. So I just Admin approval saves me that. I delete it. It also gives me a chance to automatically engage with that person because I had to read their post to accept it and I probably have a response. So as soon as I approve it, I can pop into the group and immediately respond. And that means that when Matt posts in my group and I immediately comment back, Matt's like, man, Chantel cares so much about me that she was the first comment on my post and she took the time to respond. Now, of course, I honestly do care. I do. But do I care as much as that feels like I care to you? Probably not. You probably feel so much like I am just, I, I care so much and I took the time and, and I did, but not as much time and not as much weight as it seems to carry for that other person. And so the magic kind of happens there. People feel so special and important. And that is, is what truly makes them love you. Wow, that's some great stuff. So now we have a Facebook group and we know that's one of the best ways to develop and drive people to our product. What are some other marketing strategies that can bring people to our website and to our funnels and help us to sell a product? Yeah. So, um, obviously having a funnel is incredible and people that don't know what a funnel is. So I get this all the time. They're like, well, what's the difference between a website and a funnel? So a funnel is technically a website. All right. We're just going to, we're going to drop that right there. Um, it really is. It's, it exists on the internet. It has a URL. That's the thing you type up in the little bar at the top of your screen. Um, it has that right. And people go to it, but a typical website, a traditional website, you land there. And on that page, they call it a homepage usually is like, Hey, so you're here and this is what we do. And there's an about us page. And Hey, if you want to know about this thing over here, you can check this out. And Oh, did you know we do this thing too? And before long, you're in this rabbit trail of scrolling and you originally came there cause you were looking to buy an office chair and you're like, damn it. Where's that office chair? Like all I wanted, <laughs> like I saw that picture of the office chair in the ad that you posted. I just wanted the office chair. I really don't care how you make it. I really don't care where you're based. I don't care about your story behind why you decided to make office chairs. I just wanted that one office chair that looked so cool that you showed me. And then you finally find like the purchase page and all of a sudden there's like 550 office chairs. And I'm like, 
okay, these are all really cool, but where's that one office chair that I just wanted? <laughs> so what a funnel is, is the opposite. A funnel is very strategic for each single page. And so what happens is you see the office chair on Facebook and you go, oh my God, I love that office chair. I want to buy that. And you click and you land on a page that's like, hey, do you want to buy this office chair? And you're like, I do. <laughs> that's exactly why I'm here. You're right. I did. And so I buy the office chair. And then the next page of the funnel is like, thank you so much for buying the office chair. You know what's funny? People who buy this office chair oftentimes need a new desk. Do you need a new desk? Here's one. And you're like, oh, I did need a new desk. And then you go buy that new desk, right? And so what a funnel does is it systematically walks your customer through this customized sales experience so that they don't feel so overwhelmed. You get more sales. It's a better experience for you. It's a better experience for your customer. And so um, it's so important that in addition to whatever you're doing, we talk about a funnel that we understand that a funnel can be, it can be a, a, a web page funnel. It can be um, like I talked about the Facebook profile funnel, right? But it's about taking someone and saying, hey, here's the one thing you need for this specific purpose. Purpose, and then you take them to the next step. And so inside your Facebook group, um, whatever you're doing, if you're growing your group, if you're building your business, if you're launching something, you have to be strategic in your messaging that this is the one thing that you're getting. This is the one outcome that it will deliver. And here's the one way to get it. And then you're walking them through that instead of, Hey, you could do this or you could do that, or you could do this other thing. Or, Oh, did you know there's like 12 other ways to do that? And all of a sudden that person's like, I just can't, I don't know. I'm lost. And so we just have to get strategic and focused. Well, I love that. I've never heard a clear definition of what a funnel is. I think that that's one of the things that, uh, that Russell Brunson needs to put on his, uh, on his uh, one funnel away and all those uh, different things. Love that, uh, that explanation. So what are some of the other best strategies that you know of, of getting your face, your name, and your business in front of other people? So I'm all about online networking and I'm going to bring us back to our party example. Um, we, again, we get on the internet and we forget that there's a human being on the other side of that screen. And so we, we post on our page and we're like, Oh my God, did you see how incredible I was today? And then tomorrow you're like, Oh, I'm so wonderful. I'm magical. Not to say that it's not okay to highlight your, your latest, greatest thing. I do. I, I post a picture of my daughter and I'm like, Oh my God, is this not the most cute, sassy little thing you've ever seen? Right. Or I like, uh, I have four books coming out right now. So I've been posting about the books and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in this incredible book with these other incredible people. And here's how this is the key. Here's how it can benefit you. This is the part that we forget when we get on the internet. So if you go to a party and you meet someone, you don't just be like, hi, I'm so-and-so and it's so nice to meet you, but here's all the things that I'm really, really great at and I don't really care how it relates to you because I'm amazing. Instead, they're like, what do you do for a living? And you're like, oh, I do this, this, and this. What do you do? And you have this whole conversation and you relate what it is that you do to how you can serve them. And we just, we lose that conversational aspect. So um, when you're online, if you want to get known and you want to be notable, it's about kind of forming that relationship with people. The way that I've become so connected to some incredible influencers, quote unquote, is simply through treating them like a human being that I would want to get to know. Um, I love to network. So I'm walking up to them at the party and I'm saying, hi, I'm Chantel. You produce incredible content. And I just want to let you know, I follow you. I think you're awesome. Um, I comment on their posts. I like their posts. I share their stuff. I, I give them insight and input. And I, anytime they give me 
something. Anytime I learn, I, I've sent out, um, you know, uh, videos. I've sent out testimonials to people that they technically, they don't know they ever helped me, but I watched their free online training and I got so much value out of it. And so I shot a testimonial video and I sent it off to them and they are so grateful for that. Right. And then, so it's these little things where we just say, Hey, I know you're putting a bunch out there and I just want to say you've made an impact on me. Because most of the time, that's all anybody's looking to do. And so that's what really gets you known. Um, and also being clear on who it is that you serve, right? So people know that I'm the Facebook person, the Facebook group person, because I talk about it all the time. It's always in my messaging. I'm not like, Facebook groups are cool, but also there's this stuff on Instagram. And also, did you know about LinkedIn? And it's the same, right? It's our funnel. We're back to the funnel. I am following people that I am the Facebook group person, the networking person. I am not the Facebook ads person. I am not the uh, Instagram growth person, right? And so I'm clear on who, who I am. And then I funnel people through that process of what I do and everything that I do revolves around that. So it's very easy for them to identify that that's what I do. Cause I know, in fact, I talked to somebody recently who was struggling with that. They said, I don't know how to, you know, people don't know what I do or I'm struggling to get clients. And I'm like, well, who do you serve? And they couldn't get very clear on that. They were too broad. And so I'm like, well, if you don't know what you do, nobody else knows what you do either. So we just have to get really clear and specific on that one thing about back to the one thing, get really clear and specific on that. And then put that out there, be very public about that. Um, be loud and people will find you and they will know you and you will become notable. And that is awesome. So you kind of halfway answered my next question, which is what are some of your favorite business resources? I know it sounds like the one thing is a book that we all need to get and put on our bookshelves, but what are some other of your favorites? Um, so how to win friends and influence people. I mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes. It is my Bible. Um, <laughs> I have the entrepreneur's Bible. I love it. And I think it's just so helpful. And, you know, listen to podcasts, expand your mind, grow. There's so much, I am not a big reader, so I love to read fiction novels, but I like my brain just cannot focus on words that are educational. Like it just, I can't read education. My, my brain is, I need something that's like visual. Um, and so a fiction works for me because because it's very um, visual. So for those in, in the network marketing, if anybody's out there in network marketing, one of the few books that I actually sat down and read when I first got into network marketing was called Go For No. And it's written like a story. So I was able to absorb the content because I, I could read it, like I could visualize the story. But a lot of books that are um, entrepreneurial based are more educational, they're not story based. And so I can't visually read them, but I love me an audiobook. I can yeah. listen to these audiobooks and get so much knowledge. And so um, one of the things that you have to become good at is not only absorbing that knowledge from a podcast, from an audiobook, from reading a book, from reading a website, from watching a training video, right? Because there's so much knowledge. Being strategic about what knowledge you're absorbing is very important, but also being strategic about from that piece of knowledge that for that piece of content that you just watched, what did you get out of it? And really kind of taking a moment to think about it. If you listen to a podcast, before you move on to the next episode, stop to think, man, what's, you know, what are five things that I got out of this? And you might even want to jot them down because a week from now, a year from now, you might look back and go, oh yeah. And those things are going to remind you to do something, to implement something because you learned. So um, I always close a live video or any kind of content that I do. I almost always close it with a call to action. And usually if I'm not selling anything, my call to action is, Tell me the one thing you got out of this. Like, what's your one takeaway from this? Because that's when people have the most revelation when they really think about what did I get out of this piece of content is when you really kind of actually 
get your aha moment. It's not in the moment of listening. It's in the moment of reflecting on what you listened or read to. Wow. I absolutely love that. I think there's so many of us, myself included, that we don't take enough time to sit here and go back and really go back and digest the information that we've just taken in. And so, you know, it's, it's so easy to forget. And, you know, if it's that easy to forget and throw away, then, you know, what's the point in actually listening or reading a book or anything like that? So I absolutely love that. So I asked you this a couple of times already, but how can listeners learn more about you and get connected to you? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook, which is where I spend probably most of my time, maybe a little bit more time than I should. Um, Chantel Page Turner, which you can, you can make the jokes. Um, I'm a real page Turner. I should probably write a book. And in fact, I have four books coming out. So pretty exciting there. So they will be page turners. I guarantee it. <laughs> right. Um, so Chantel Page Turner on Facebook, you can follow my Instagram with the same thing, except I'm going to be honest. I am not an Instagram guru, so it's not a pretty picture over there. Um, but you can also find me at ChantelTurner.com. You can go to NotYetNotable.com if you're looking to grow your own highly active, engaged Facebook group, especially if you are currently a, a coach or a course creator, or you're looking to become a coach and you need to be notable. NotYetNotable.com is where you'll want to do that. And then again, if you have a child with special needs, um, I offer a ton of, of information and free resources and just help and support with Stronger Mommies. So you can find Stronger Mommy on Facebook, StrongerMommy.com or the Facebook group Stronger Mommies. So that's about the best ways to reach me. Wow, I love that. You know, there's, you know, like what you were talking about earlier, there's something about people who have a similar like mind that can come together, support one another, lift one another up and encourage one another. So I love that about what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matt. I, I absolutely loved getting to share some value. Um, I hope the parents listening out there go, oh my God, I can truly be an entrepreneur and a parent and balance it all because you can if I can. I promise you if I can do it. <laughs> oh, I promise. So thank you for allowing me to share with your audience. I, I value it so much. Uh, thank you for joining me. I know I took some notes and I'm going to go back and re-listen to these recordings and, and, and gather some great notes up. And thank you for the tips and tricks and strategies that you gave uh, the everyday working parent. That way we can become a, not only a better parent, but a better entrepreneur as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope everyone who's listening, I hope you guys all have a phenomenal day. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement Podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.